When we ask entrepreneurs what they're struggling with, it's incredibly common to hear, I want to get more done. In fact, when we surveyed, we did a huge survey of our entire audience, thousands and thousands and thousands of readers, and by far the most popular struggle was time management. And struggle number two was motivation. So today on The Fizzle Show, we're going to talk about that. We published a huge article about what we believe are the 10 most important time management practices. It's like a must read. It's, it's a great article. And in this episode, we're going to dive deep on our favorites from that list. So strap in. This is a good one. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Oh my God, you guys. Here we are. What? Oh my God. <laughs> this is The Fizzle Show. Hey, where are you doing right now? Where, what are you listening to me on? Where, where are you? Are you running? Are you cooking dinner? Uh, what's happening? Tweet us at at Fizzle and tell us what you're doing right now as you listen to the show. This was great fun this past week as you guys told us where you were listening to uh, for the last episode. I would love to hear it again. At Fizzle. This is, of course, The Fizzle Show, where every Friday we publish another conversation exploring the art and science of supporting yourself doing something you care about. It's our hope that this episode, like every episode of the show, will help you birth your idea into the world in a meaningful and sustainable way for you. Now, if you need more help than just podcast conversations, we have it. Training and entrepreneurial community. All right, over 40 different courses, 1,600 plus members, all of us with the goal of supporting ourselves doing something we care about. If you want to learn more about our courses and community and our one-of-a-kind nine-stage business roadmap, you can do so. As a Fizzle Show listener, you get five weeks for free when you go to fizzle.co slash try five. Okay, courses and community to help you make your own living. Fizzle.co slash try five. All right, I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. Uh, well, guys, Corbett Barr, Steph Crowder, I'm Chase Reeves. How you feeling today, guys? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Corbett, tell us the story about being on the dance floor in Seattle. Oh, no. Do I have to? Yeah, yeah you, you have, have to. to. You have to. All right. So uh, those of you who know me, follow little bits and tidbits here on the podcast, might know that I had a big birthday recently. I turned 40. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Woo! Woo! And uh, 40 is one of those ages now that like people notice. They're like, oh, you're old. You know, yeah. not not to people who are 60 or whatever, but anyway, yeah, like yeah, younger yeah, people. And, yeah. and you start to realize I'm not a kid anymore. Now yeah. I just feel middle-aged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fine. I'm totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, we went out for a friend's 40th birthday in Seattle this weekend. Mm. And uh, we had a nice classy dinner like 40-year-olds do. Yeah. And then afterwards, we were feeling a little feisty. So we decided to walk down a block or two, mm -hmm. see if there were any bars next door. And it turns out there was. There was one great bar that had a uh, dance floor and it wasn't too busy. And so we decided, all 10 of us, to just casually stroll in there. Hey, let's check out what's going on in the bar. Think about tearing up that dance floor. Hey. So uh, we noticed some looks as we walked in because the clientele was mostly in their, I'd say, early to mid 20s. Mm. Mm. And um, we ordered some drinks and headed straight to the dance floor because we were already pretty liquored up. So yeah. we started dancing and. Um, uh, about 10 minutes into it, we got infiltrated by some some of these 20-year-olds. So people, mo some 20-year-olds moved in. Moved in. Infiltrated the group. Infiltrated the group and uh, started dancing, especially with our wives. Yeah. Oh. Like, having fun. These were women. Okay, got it. Oh, good. Dancing with our... So you're looking at this going like, this can, this can only be good. This can only be a good thing. But at first, we thought maybe they were mocking us mm -hmm. on the dance floor, but then they really yeah. got into it. Yeah, and, okay. And we got danced it. for, I don't know, half hour or something. So... Anyway, all was going well, and then, you know, it turned like midnight, and when you're 40, it's midnight, you gotta, you yeah. just, you know, it's late. Turn into a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. So, we decided to uh, to take off, and um, that's when one of the girls looked over to one of our friends and said, you know, I just want to let you know, it is so cool that you guys could party like this at any age. <laughs> <laughs> any age! Are you kidding me? This is great! <laughs> there was never any discussion of age. She didn't know how old we were, but clearly we were freaking old. 
<laughs> oh, it's neat. It's terrific. Hey, you guys, old age is the one thing we know is coming for us besides death. Yeah. Well, if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. The alternative if, is worse. If you're lucky. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I, and to that point, I think today today's episode, similar to our last few episodes, is is like a kind of a, a, a I think a deeper, more meaningful episode. Now you wouldn't think so, given the nature of the topic. I want to talk about time management. Okay, that sounds like uh, like what? What am I, Stephen Covey? This That's is a good a, segue because I'm looking back. I'm 40 now. Looking yeah. back, going, where did all that time go? I should yeah. manage it better. Time management. You think that productivity, time management, being efficient, all of these sorts of things are just the stuff that you should think about when you're working. The real the the reality of this is is that this is your this is how you get to choose what to do with your life if you can manage it wisely. You can manage your most precious resource wisely. Your time. Yeah. Your time is your most pr- most precious resource, right? Um in terms of the one thing you cannot add any uh, of uh, of this unit into your life, right? So, given that, what we've done today is we each of us have brought two time management tips. Now, not just any time management tips. Recently on the Sparkline blog, we uh, published a post that Corbett and I kind of put together uh, about... About our 10 favorite time management sort of tips and tricks, the things that every entrepreneur needs to know. This isn't like your regular, like just hustle harder, like baloney about like, right. just be more productive. No, these are, these are like techniques you can use. These are, and they're, and they're, and they're not just like a, have you tried this plugin for your browser? No. They're not like, they're not these little tiny techniques. These are like, these are kind of core elements. Yeah. These support the, uh, there's a course inside of Fizzle on the, uh, the, the essentials of productivity for business builders. Um, where I go a little bit deeper on some of these things and other things I don't actually mention as much. So this is kind of nice that we get to like cover both of our bases, at least for Fizzle members who can be in Fizzle taking that course on productivity. And we can talk about these these uh, time management tactics here. Mm-hmm. So I've asked each of us to bring two from this list of 10 to see, uh, wh- wh- like I, you guys just said, wh- whether it's your favorite or whether it's one you think that it doesn't get talked about enough mm-hmm. or something like that. So we're going to go through those today. Is there any questions before I get started, Steph? No questions, although I have to say the there's something coming to my mind. Have you guys heard that quote that we all have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce? Well, just, I'm just sitting over here thinking about that for some reason. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I don't know that that's yeah. totally true. I don't know. She does have a cryo chamber. That's true. (laughs) Have you guys done that cryo chamber? That might be number eleven for me. No. Mm -hmm. After you like, it's like it's a thing. You step in and it gets incredibly cold, uh, but it's just cold gas. Your skin and your body reacts to it intensely, but the perception of the cold actually, you know, neurologically doesn't seem that cold. But in terms of uh, uh, of inflammation and stuff like this, it's crazy. I did it once. It's crazy. It's amazing. You you cryogenically I, froze yourself. I, 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 no, you don't freeze. All, it's just like a gas. So it's just like oh. really really cold air. Okay. And then, but it's enough to get like everything clicking into high gear, and so all the stuff goes goes nuts. So okay. So we're not Tony Robbins and and all of the uh, all professional basketball players and sports people are just like they spend time in the cryo chamber. All right, so we're not talking about cryogenic freezing. Where you no, this isn't uh, Turn, Terminator Two or Got something it. like right. that. <laughs> okay, so with that, without without any further ado, Steph, you had so many props from people on Twitter and social media and social networking and the internet tools uh, for our last episode talking about uh, how to live a good life. Mm. Um, yeah, thanks so everybody. Uh, yeah, really, tons of support. Uh, you, you said something that really really connected with people. So maybe we'll start with you this time. You ready for that? I am ready for that. First of all, I'll before I, I tell you guys which one I'm going to start off with, I just want to bring up something that one of my mentors told me about time management a few years ago, and it just kind of stuck with me. So I thought I'd mention it here. If you really think about it, the concept of time management, it's like the name time management is kind of a flawed name to begin with because you can't actually manage time. Like that's sort of a fallacy in itself because mm, yeah. time is going to pass no matter what. You can't, mm, cryogenic mm. freezing aside, you can't really manage, you know, how quickly or how slowly time passes. It passes no matter what we do. So I just like to mention that because it's important to put in perspective what you actually have control of. You don't have control of time passing, but you do have control of what you do with the same amount of time that all of us get. So I kind of always like that shift because it helped me realize like, okay, I can't really change like how many hours 
are in a day, but I can think about, think, you know, critically about what I'm doing with that time each day. And that's really what we're talking about when we mention time management. So mm. just kind of one thing I think that helps to like set the table as for the first one that stuck out to me in our list of, you know, the top 10 things this week, I'm actually going to go with the very first one, which is the brain dump. Oh. So I love the brain dump. I am, I am the kind of person that has like a million things br like rattling around in my brain at any given moment. And I actually feel like incapable of like doing anything or being productive without just putting everything down on a piece of paper. I don't know if it's because I've been doing it that for so long, but I just, I just start to feel really overwhelmed by the sheer amount of ideas and to do's that I have in my head at any given time. So for me, particularly on a Monday morning or Sunday night, but actually really every day I'm kind of doing this, I have to get, I, I do it old school. I have to grab a piece of paper and just like seriously jot down things until I'm exhausted and I cannot think of one more thing that I need to do. And it could be something like, like months in the future, but I have to get it all down on a piece of paper before I can kind of move forward with my day. And I suspect a lot of people out there are probably like this too, because sometimes just the feeling like, oh my God, I just have a lot to do can keep you from even understanding what to do first. So for mm. me, one of the very first things I do before I can organize my thoughts, before I can decide what I need to go after first, I got to write it all down. Some people like to do this in something like Asana or another, you know, to-do list app, maybe on your phone. But for me, old school piece of paper works great. Got to get everything out before I can even like, then I sort of feel like, okay, this is all like, it's not a figment of my imagination anymore. These, these tasks all exist as real things. And every single one of them is tackleable. So that I have to do I that before that. I can do anything else. So tell me, like, tell me, just walk me through the process of a brain dump for you. Is it literally just grab a piece of paper, write down everything that comes to mind? Everything I can possibly think of in no particular order, just rapid fire. And it could be mm. something as ridiculous as like, I really would like to get a garbage disposal installed in my house. I don't have one. So, and I'm like not planning to do that for a while, but I, that goes on my list because it's in my brain somewhere. Like I have to, I have to think of every single thing until I cannot think of one more thing to go on that list. And I don't know if yeah. that'll work for everybody, but for me, I just have to feel like, okay, everything exists and like I can, I, I can manage all of these things now. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I got to piggyback on this one. Okay, Steph, because that was my first choice too. It was the brain dump. Oh, come on. I got to do it. I got to do the brain dump. All right. The brain dump is the thing that nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking about the brain dump. Are you talking about the brain dump? You are. I am right now. This is the first time anybody's talked about the brain dump in most of our lives. There's a thing called the brain dump that Steph's talking about, where you write down everything, where you dump out everything that's in your brain. Now, the fir my first exposure to this idea was from Get getting things done by David Allen. Okay, so here's here's a little known secret about David Allen's getting things done. There's a book, all right. But if you knew the back channels of the internet enough, and there was a time when you could find this like eight hour seminar that uh, he. <laughs> I'm distinctly seeing this memory in my head of me at like a club sport or a a 24 hour fitness on the on the on the bike machine with a yellow legal pad, listening through hours of the of this seminar. And I just and I had I wish I I God I wish to God I still had that 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 I wish note I just had a little video of that. <laughs> I know, like but just gift. just that yellow that that yellow uh that yellow legal pad if I still had that cuz I wrote down every dang insight from the thing um and one of the things he talks about is, at length is this brain dump um and in my own personal experience so that was my first experience like first uh, introduction to the brain dump mm. and and it took him going like there was a chat there's a little bit in the book on it but it took him going like no you need to listen to me you have to do this if you don't do this, you will miss out on everything that comes after this. Yeah. This is an important and essential step. So he, as like, and he's, you know, David Allen is like, a, he's very like, he's like a martial arts guy, black belt martial arts guy. So really like disciplined and diligent and, but, and like, you, you know, independent kind of, you know what I mean? Um, and so for him, it's like, this is just like the natural step. This is what you have to do. And so, and this is the logical order of way, ways that you, the, how you do these things, right? So anyway, anyways, anyways, this 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 brain dump. That was my first experience with it, 
And since then, you know, I, I'll have to I have to admit that it hasn't played as big of a role in my life as I as, as I as I need it to. But I've only just recently, in the last couple months, started doing it again because mm-hmm. it's just kind of a little more insanity up there. There's yeah. more stuff to do. Yeah. There's more like dreams and ideas than there were before. There's yep. like more stuff, right? And so I do exactly with Steph the same thing as you. Yellow legal pad. I use uh, I use fool's cap, which is 14 inches long by uh, eight and a half by 14, basically, right? So it's just a little bit of a longer piece of paper. And um, and I just go. I just go, just like you said, Steph, until there's nothing else in my head. And I will write down things both for my personal life and for my, my business, for um, projects that I'm currently on, as well as projects I'd just like to do maybe one day. So everything that comes to mind goes, blah, 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 blah. Normally what happens is there's about 15, 20 minutes of like, oh yeah, don't forget you wrote... Oh yeah, remember that thing about the car you wanted to get fixed? Oh yeah, the, the, like it's all stuff that I wanted to do. Yeah. I've thought about before. And I for, you don't know, you don't realize, you really don't realize that these things are bouncing around in your head until yeah. three weeks later, you start trying to write down whatever's in your head and you go like, shoot, that's still in there, right? Just something you say, yeah. like a paint scratch on the wall you saw in passing, totally, right? But, and you're not even looking at it and it comes out of your brain. Once you start... Un- it's in there like a gremlin just like dude havoc it's, and that's that's the trick of this right yeah that's the trick of this is they are in there just like gremlins wreaking havoc right yep. yeah i uh i use this as well and i i'm realizing now that there was something magic before we had to do apps mm-hmm. and stuff when your only choice was to write something down on a piece of paper yeah. revealing a little bit about my age again <laughs> it's but so was, nice that you can be productive there was at time, any age there was a time when you you could have opened up notepad yeah, on yeah. a computer but there wasn't like an app for writing yeah. down your to-dos and it was just a regular process for me i was always if i had just two or three or four things that i was working on i'd be fine but eventually you'd go to a meeting and somebody would ask you to do this and yeah. somebody w- would remind you about something else and you just have that like nervous feeling that you're going to forget something on your to-do list. Yeah. And that's when I would naturally just go and write everything down and it would make you feel a lot better. Yeah. And there's a false comfort that comes from to-do apps these days. Like it's written down somewhere. Like I experienced this really heavily with an app called OmniFocus, Mm -hmm. which was built to be able to be like, to do exactly what David Allen talks about in getting things done. It's built for this entire system. You have a tickler folder. You have a someday maybe thing. You have all these things that he talks about in there, right? And the whole point is, okay, now you can actually get to work. You're all set up. You've got a system your brain trusts. Now you can get to work. What ends up happening for me and for most people that I've talked to, unless you're just incredibly diligent about it, right? Is it just grows weeds. Pretty soon you're just like, you can't even go in there anymore without realizing that you haven't done anything that, that you've meant to. Because that's how your brain works. That's why the brain, der- brain dump on, on paper, I think, is the only way to do it. I think don't ever do this in your to-do list app. Don't ever. Because it's, it's, it, these are not things you're committing to doing. These are things you're committing to honoring exist in you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then once you see them all out, outside of your brain, yeah. then you get to go, these three. These are the yeah. ones I'm going to do. And there's a powerful tool when you go, which ones, I, which ones do I have to promise myself I'm not going to do? Mm-hmm. Because they're good, they're exciting, they're interesting, but you, this is what I love. We've talked about this before. There is, um, just like Steph said, you can't manage the time in your day. You can just manage what you do with your time. So you have time boxes on everything already. So the so you can never do all the th- like right now like we've said before if I, I if I didn't add another thing to my to do list in Asana like I'd be busy for the for like a year mm-hmm. right just just with the blog ideas and the things that you know as if this guy Ramdas says says uh, I I kept collecting all of these things that I could look at later on in case I ever run out of the present moment right. <laughs> you know what I mean in case I ever wasn't this person that's naturally creating all these ideas in any given moment. Right. And we are, we're doing that all the time. So this brain dump thing, my last, my last point about it is this. I just think what's so important about this is it honors your, it honors your, the reality of your experience. All right. That's why it's cathartic. We're all afraid of being needy and of being, um, uh, incapable of getting stuff done. We are all of to a, to every single one of us is like, doesn't want that to be said about us that we don't know how to get stuff done right? We want to be the opposite. We want to be the people who can get things done, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And yet you have this powerful heart that's like coming up with all these ideas or getting excited by all this stuff, right? And so you come up with more ideas than you're capable of doing or 
there's an external world that's saying, you should do this, you should do this, please do this for me, please do this for me. That's what your inbox is, right? That's what your boss is. That's what the company you work for is. Um, and so you can just like, you, you, you either are, are, are powerfully motivated externally or internally. Either way, you can't do all the things that you'd like to do. That's why this is like, ah, you know, grasshopper. Like, that's why, you know, sometimes when you get into Alan Watts mode, you sort of like, look, well, good luck with that, right? How much are you going to get done? You know, I like you in the front row. What's your name? Jezebel? <laughs> that fits. I don't know when Alan Watts had become a creep. <laughs> oh, dude, he was a creep. He was a total womanizing creep. Like, like an amazing. I don't think many of the women who had, had experiences with him would ever regret it. But he went through marriages. And that's the, one of the things that's so humanizing about Alan Watts. But the, the point being, good luck with that. Do you understand? Good. Let me know how that works out for sure. you. Let me know how that works out for you. The, this like, I'd like to do it all. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what happens. Pretty soon, if you actually get stuff done, you will have that kind of like somber sadness in your eyes. Like the rest of us who are <laughs> publishing things, who are pushing things out the door going like, yeah, but there's more things I wish I could have done too. Yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I wish I could have done better. Yeah, this, that, and the other. But... I got things out the door. That's why this is so powerful, I think. The brain dump gets everything out there, outside of your brain. You could see all the plates that you didn't know you were spinning in your head. And then you can go, these are the two I'm going to focus on because I only have 12 months this year. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. And that's, well, I think, so powerful. And I don't know about you guys, but I personally have a fear of things like falling through the cracks. And I actually mm -hmm. like, I know we all have like various assortments of anxiety dreams. My recurring anxiety dream is that I'm like signed up for a college course that I forget about until finals time. So I feel oh, like I, this brain dump oh, for wow. me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good like, one. It really is. And I wake That's up horrible. and it's like, oh, it's like, oh my God, I, have, I had a paper due and I had no idea. So for me, this like totally plays itself out and how the brain dump works for me is I'm just like constantly on Monday morning, I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to forget? Like what's going to fall through the cracks? So for me, getting it all in front of me is like my insurance policy that I'm not going to forget something. So yeah. that's another reason why I think it's just so helpful. Yeah. My, my anxiety dream used to be that I had an important soccer match and I forgot my shin guards. No. One cleat. Stop. <laughs> yes. And now. Oh, fist pumping <laughs> in the air. Yes, that's so good. And that was, it happened all the time. Yeah. I always wake up in a cold sweat. Oh my God, machine guards, you know? That's <laughs> um, amazing. But, uh, but now, sad as my life is, my anxiety dream that I had last night, this isn't recurring. Yeah, yet, yeah. Was that the new MacBook came out. <laughs> I saw your tweet on this. And that it was horrible. <laughs> it was, it was like clunky and weird and expensive. And yeah. there was this, they oh tried to God. do this tablet integration thing and it made it like six pounds <laughs> and $6,000. And I was like, no. First world problems. Oh man. My anxiety dream is always like being late for a flight or like, or like, um, like not ha like something about the airport, something about mm -hmm. getting to the airport and like I don't have my bag or my bag is in the car and the, and the Uber drove away. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or something <laughs> like that. It's something like, and it's God, I bet all of us have the very same, like when I, when we feel anxiety, it's just the same feeling, even though it's all different reasons. It's yeah. totally different, but it's the same. And it's it doesn't matter if it's a shin guard or if it's a bag in an Uber somewhere, totally. or or if it's a yeah. <laughs> shitty MacBook Pro. Do you know what I mean? It's this. It's this. It's this horrible feeling. It's so pay. It's so I hate it. It's so it's such a bad feeling. I uh, I traveled pretty extensively for five years. Took I don't know a couple hundred flights over the course of five years. Yeah, and uh, I probably should have been nervous about it, but eventually it just becomes so routine. Yeah, but one day. I was driving home from a client project in Texas to the airport yeah. in a taxi and it suddenly dawned on me Ooh. that I hadn't bought a flight home. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh. Like en route oh, for the weekend, God. realizing that I didn't even have oh, a ticket. Dang. And uh, luckily with enough money, you can solve that problem <laughs> even if you're only two hours from your flight. Oh my God. And that's why we become entrepreneurs. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to the next one here. Corbett, what's your, uh, what's your first, first, uh, all right. My first step here is something that works for me. And I don't know if other people feel the same way about this, but I think it kind of depends on how you're wired. And I suspect that a lot of people will identify with it because the, the thing that drives me to use this technique is I think the same thing that drives me to become an entrepreneur. Mm. And that is, when I was a kid or whenever I worked in a career or a job, I was always the one that had a million questions about 
not just what are we doing, but why are we doing it? And what's the bigger picture and what's the context and why is this yeah. important and what result does this lead to? And eventually I asked that question enough times that I just had to work for myself because you get into these massive organizations yeah. and nobody knows why you're doing There's something. There's no why. And so you feel like the tasks that you're doing are misguided, um, maybe not even valuable. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, you know, with within a hundred thousand person organization, I just eventually felt like I don't really care if I'm helping this one cog spin a little bit faster yeah. in this massive machine. Yeah. So for me, whenever I start to feel kind of useless or directionless in, in my own business now, what helps is what I call reconnecting with my why. Mm. And that is for any project that I'm working on. If I just start to feel kind of apathetic about it, wake up and I don't really feel excited about working on it, um, or I just kind of feel like, I don't know, like just sometimes you get in a funk and yeah. it's not very productive. Yeah. If I allow myself to take a whole afternoon or something and put all my tasks aside and then start thinking more big picture, okay, what? why am I building this business? Why, what matters about this thing? What do I want from my life over the next several years? And Mm. like really big picture kind of stuff, um, existential kind of stuff, almost in a way, not existential, like why, (laughs) not that level because (laughs) that'll spin me out into a rabbit hole. More like just on earth as a human. Yeah. Yeah. With, you know, X number of hours in front of me. Given what we know about life. What do I, yes. What we assume is correct about life. What, what do I want to accomplish? And, um, that usually leads me to a reinvigorated period of productivity for several months or so. Mm. And it's kind of a process that I have to go through to recharge the batteries. Yeah. And I have, you know, I have um, seasons in my life because we live in Mexico in the winters. And so there are yeah. some nice compartments once in a while. And usually that's a really good reminder that, okay, I should probably take a step back and do some bigger picture planning. Yeah. Also, Mexico is like that time for you. Like just yeah. step, take foot off Mexico's the gas one of those. and yeah. And, and reevaluate Birthdays, a lot of times one of those. And then yeah. we have those built into uh fizzle as yeah. a team once every quarter, we also do this sort of bigger picture planning mm-hmm. stuff. And that just really matters to me for some reason. And um, I think if, if people are feeling kind of stuck and drained for some reason with what they're working on, then this technique can really help. Yeah. Just allow yourself an afternoon or a day, take a journal. In fact, the last time I did it, I, I stopped at um, Collage, which is this store that I never thought I'd set foot in yeah, yeah. on our street here. In like Division. kids and art supply stuff. Yeah. And I went in and I, I was just like, where are your notebooks and where are your pens? Because uh-huh. I don't even carry one. <laughs> yeah. I grabbed a little weird moleskin that I'd never seen before and a new pen and I went and sat and wrote for three hours. Steph, could you imagine coming across Corbett writing in a little notebook, like kind of like look, looking wistfully up, wistfully up at the at the clouds going by and journaling about his life. I just can't believe that's not something that's happened before. It just seems like such a natural image. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> totally. Totally. God, I love that. And and so, okay, so I have some questions for you, Corbett. Yeah. Um, you you go to uh, the store, you get this notebook and then, and then how do you start? Like, what's like the, how do you, what do you start writing down? Do you start going like, I'm not sure how this is or what do you just start? Like, what do you, where do you start? It depends. Um, sometimes my touchstones are something like, and this relates to our episode last time. A lot of this stuff for me is overlapped. Yeah. Um, just thinking about how to live a good life. So sometimes it starts with, okay, let's recenter on what matters to me and in my life. And it makes me feel better. A lot of times you start to get wound up about all the tasks that you need to do. Yeah. And you forget that, wait, I, I live a great life. And and what matters to me are friends and, you know, experiences and doing something meaningful. Yeah. So sometimes writing down those things. Most recently, what worked for me was recounting what I liked about uh, the years leading up to today, mm-hmm. just thinking about, okay, actually, because I had a milestone birthday, I went and recounted the past decade and just remembered everything that happened year after year from 2006 to really? today. Would you go look through like social accounts or like well, photos so or something? 10 years ago, I didn't have access to photos on my iOS. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't using Google calendar as much. So a lot of that was by memory. Yeah. And then about three years in, I was able to kind of piece things together, but okay. I liked going by memory. Yeah. And that, that took a long time, but just, um, just listing down all the major life events that happened. Wow, and then yeah. I put stars by the ones that were significant in terms of like, yeah, just how I feel about them or where they led. Yeah. And trying to put perspective on what a decade feels like. Yeah. And what I want from the next decade. Yeah. Cause 30 to 40 is like kind of like that's your first decade really being a grown up. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you kind of like, yeah. you're you not have... in transition from your youth or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You kind of like, y- here you are. And so you can kind of expect 40 to 50 is going to be similar in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. Oh God, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because for me, I, the, the reconnect with your why is, is, was my second one. Okay. Because to me it's, it's, but there's a, there's a, there's an art to this mm-hmm. one, right? So I, I can, I can say like, what, what am I doing here on this earth? I'm here to make people's lives better in small and meaningful ways. That's something I've said to myself before. Like I had all this, all this journaling, all this thought and I landed on, okay, I'm just here to make people's lives better in small and meaningful ways. And I could do that. This is before I joined Fizzle. Um, I was thinking about like, am I going to go full tilt with this Corbett Barr guy who is just an absolute piece of eye candy um but i just don't know you know <laughs> it's like at the time i was like doing like strength training and i'm like this feels really good maybe i could do a fitness thing <laughs> gosh um and and i had like all sorts of different ideas you know but but i was just thinking about it going like well we're all gonna die we're the, my, my i got oh, no. real i got real existentially i was like well the Clearly where we know humanity's going is to space, right? There's going to be an intergalactic consortium of all these different critters and species and a Senate, you know, and a council and all of these and bad guys, you know, there's going to be bad guys. Of course. And so we just got to get to space. But I, I'm not a physics guy. I don't make rockets or <laughs> something like that. So the cause. I, I don't know how to contribute, but I can make sure that like. I can like help like I can help those of us like the regular ones of us who aren't building the rockets like to stay alive and maybe maybe be a little bit happier. Small you know? and meaningful. Small and meaningful uh, improvements to people's lives. Um, and, and entrepreneurship was the category that I was like, okay, let's dive all the way into this to people mm. who want to support themselves, to people who want to you want to like and really it, it's it's become that bigger thing of just like who want to not hate the thing that they do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but. Small, helping people uh, make people's lives better in small and meaningful ways is big and vague. It doesn't actually help me make a decision. We've come up with this before in our mission statements at Fizzle. The, the key to a mission statement or a value statement or something is that it actually helps you make decisions in real time. Like when you're like, hey, we've got these five projects, but we can only do two. Which one should we do? Yeah. Your mission statement can, can if, it's, if it's one that you're like, yes, and it's, it, it chan- it, chances are it's like, it's a little bit like, Ooh, that's risky if that's our mission statement. Because we're definitely not going to do those two projects. We're going to do these two. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but those, th- so it can help you actually make decisions based on a kind of faith and a value, like a faith that like, if we build an organization like this, it will mean we'll be more successful over time. Do you know I mean? Or if I structure my life like this, if I aim towards these things, I can... I, I still won't end in a dumpster fire. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? It feels like a lot of my life right now is spent in like, just like trusting that it, it's not going to end in a dumpster fire. <laughs> like, you just don't need to be so anxious all the time. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I find that this coming back to your why is so critical and so difficult. So difficult mm-hmm. because, um, uh, be, because you don't know enough yet. I think a lot of us just don't know enough yet about what our skills and tool, what our tool set really is. You know, some of us like Steph, I think you've had really great mentors that have made you so mature in your skills and, and the things that you're capable of doing and others like don't have those mentors or don't have that experience or something, you know? And so you have to kind of teach yourself over time. And, and if you didn't apply yourself very hard, like you haven't gotten very far, yeah. but that's okay. You're on the journey. You're on the journey. So coming back to your why means it's going to be rewritten often. You know, it's just going to be rewritten often. And I think there's something important about that. Like every, every year it might be uh, for us to, to rewrite the fizzle mission statement or, and now we've got to a point where it's like, no, that's what we do. We help people earn a living independently. That's, that's what we do. Um, anyway, so all that to say, like, I think this thing is so important and I find it there that there's a lot of art in it. There's a lot of like, there's not a science. So there's something Tony Robbins said, um, in, uh, when we were talking about last last episode, I watched his TED talk again, um, and he said, uh, uh, "Real fulfillment, success is like this thing we can all do. Yeah, we know how that. Once we figure out how the rules work, it's like, yeah, we're going to be successful. We can we can do that. Like those of us who are like, we can do this, right? But fulfillment is this other thing on this kind of spiritual level because it involves appreciation, appreciation, and um, what else did he say? I can't remember the other thing, but it involves appreciation." Even if it just involved appreciation, it's like, I can't tell you how to be successful at being an appreciator. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's this kind of other quality. It's this other, it's this kind of like mystic or spiritual side of you that goes like, good job. 
or is proud of yourself. Mm. So for me, with the reconnect with your why, one of the reasons why I think this is so important is because this question, in what circumstances would you be proud of yourself? Like in 10 years, 20 years, 30 mm-hmm. years, 50 years, where you'd be proud of yourself, right? Yep. And, and so I have a lot of answers to that. I have a lot of ideas about that. And some of them have changed over time quite significantly. But I don't know. For, for those of you the, who haven't yet really done the deep work on like, what is your why? For most of us who have kind of like skimmed the surface on it, but haven't, you know, bought the little Moleskine notebook and done the thing. Moleskine. Moleskine. But I think that's like, that's like, that is, I mean, here's Corbett, who is the analytical side of us, the, the uh, strategic side of us. And he's doing this too, in a strategic kind of way, right? Yeah, I'm sure that this means somewhat different things to you and I as as we've just demonstrated mm-hmm. but, and, it, and it could mean different things for other people yeah but, yeah yeah but just it's just the simple idea of adding some context to why you're working on this project yeah. or these tasks yeah yeah remembering it yeah I think one of the things that that's that's kind of one of the differences is for you you're sort of uh, the authority like you want you're good you know you know better than than other people like you're like like nobody's gonna tell me what my why is and when you find it when you get like you'll do that you'll look at the data you'll sift through it you'll sort through it you'll make the charts and graphs and do the things and you'll go like all right so this is like and then you have like a i have an i have an 80 90 certainty that this is my why for right now you know and then you're like i've made the decision because given that i actually can't have them have higher certainty level than that that's just not Mm. everything is 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 risk mitigation you know what i mean yeah and when you're talking like this in about things like this and so okay so i've got that and then so you can you have a conviction and you're convinced of that whereas for me marching orders and marching orders right that's your ceo mode yeah um and your worker bee can kind of like trust can trust that Whereas for me, I'm, I'm so in flux all the time because I feel like the things that I've experienced about myself, I'm like, yeah, but that's just like one idea. I don't know. There's so much I haven't seen yet, you know, um, that, that would potentially change me. Um, that it's kind of like, it's hard for me to get to that level where I'm like, where my worker bee would trust what the CEO defined, mm-hmm. you know, because the worker bee, I'm just, I'm just pretty bad at being a worker bee, I guess, because I'm always like rejiggering the things. I don't know, Steph, anything to add on the reconnect with your why? No, I'm just I'm I'm loving listening to Corbett's process because this is something that I struggle with. I'm sure probably everyone out there can, you know, connect with it. And I think the interesting thing is once you feel for at least for me, once I feel like I've got my why, it always kind of comes back up that and my conclusion is that this is work that's really never done, which is mm. kind of surprising cuz like when I think we've all at least maybe a lot of us have had that experience of feeling so like moments in our lives where you feel so clear on what your why is. And you're like, man, how, how will I ever lose sight of this? It's so obvious, but inevitably we do drift away from it, which is so interesting. I don't, not hundred percent sure why that happens. I guess it's just the monotony of different tasks in our lives or, you know, we're human beings. So we get away from our core, but it's interesting that like, this is something that I think we all have to continue to come back to. And it's, it's a discipline in a lot of ways. Mm. So it's interesting for me, even looking back, you know, I'm only 28 and for me, like I can pinpoint times in my life where I was very clear on my why and other times not so much. And I just know that as I go forward, it's going to be something that I have to continue to hone and refine over time. And I'll, I'll never be mm. done doing that. Yeah. You know what I noticed is like, uh, is, is that, uh, the, f- like, it's really easy to get away from your why because, well, because when, when like life just is like happening at you, mm-hmm. but eventually for me, at least it can become so painful to be disconnected from the why that like, and so boring at the very least, like just boring. I think that's like, the, that's one of the most powerful yeah. tools for self change is just like, really, I'm just doing more of the same. Like, really, like that's it. Yeah. Like there's no, really that's, you know, like, it's like, it's like boredom. It's, <laughs> it's like the most powerful tool that we have potentially because fear and anxiety, they can get you to do some crazy stuff, but they're, they're mountaintop, they're peak experiences. And then you come back down the mountain, the mountain later on and you're spending most of your time in the valleys. Um, and so I, I don't know the, 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 like, as the, the older I get, the more I'm kind of like, well, what's next? What's next? Like what, what now? What now? Do you know what I mean? Like what, what am, am I, am I on top of the thing I want to be on top of? Am I building in the, in the like area that I want? Cause I'm building a skyscraper. I'm sure as hell better want to live there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. You know, like, is this the thing? 
Um, is that is, is not just not just in the business? It's like also in like how's my marriage? How's my kid life? Like how's how's like my life looking in, in total? Like all of these things are buildings. Yeah, you know they better be in the right spot. Yeah, uh, or, or the I, right kind of structure. Yeah, or I'm climbing a ladder. What's what's at the top of what's, this ladder? And is it on the right wall? Yeah, you know, <laughs> as they say. Okay, that's I love that one. That's like a deep dive on the on the reconnect with your why. Steph, take us to your next one. Okay, my next one is a little bit more tactical in contrast with the figuring out your why. So, and Good, second, we, I think we kind of need one of those touchstones here. Now. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're all free falling a little bit. <laughs> my second one also, I think, ties back to when we talked about with the, the brain dump too. This is kind of at least in my thinking through my own process. This is sort of like step two after I've done the brain dump and managing my own time. In the article that we wrote this week, it's number three: the Eisenhower method. This uh-huh. is a really big one. I think we already mentioned a tiny bit in this conversation, the difference between CEO mode and worker B mode. This method, I think, is is a great way to toggle between the two, especially for those of us who have uh, jobs that require both of those hats like in the same day. So mm. the Eisenhower method, I'll just touch on it really quickly. But if you've never heard of this concept of deciphering between the urgent and the important, then I encourage you to go check out this article. And it's really easier if you look at the quadrants that are uh, depicted as part of this. But essentially what you have to figure out is what things, what of the tasks and of the things that you have in front of you and the things that you care about doing, which of those things are urgent, which of them are important. And sometimes they're both and sometimes they're neither. So it can be really confusing to figure out instead of sort of like tending to the things that pop up first, because those are always the urgent things. A lot of times those things are urgent and not very important. And we have to be Mm. able to say, are these things like an important meaning like is this going to help me make progress in my business? Is this actually going to move the needle on anything I'm working on? Or is this like really not something that's going to propel me in any certain direction? So for me, I really like to look through everything I have on my list and figure out, you know, the urgent and important, first of all, and in this article, we talk about just do it, like just do those Mm. things. I consider those things like the low hanging fruit on my list. And frankly, I like to start with some of those things, especially like on a Monday morning when I'm kind of dusting off the cobwebs. So I'll give you a real example. I'm like looking at my, literally my brain dump list is in front of me at all times. I'm looking at mine right now. And one of them was reaching out to somebody to schedule an interview that I'm doing. Like, why is that on my list? That's going to take me two seconds. It's urgent just because I have a timeline. It's important because it's going to help me make progress on a project. That was the very first thing I did that week. And I could like mm. get an easy win and cross that out right away. I do the same thing with my urgent and important. I just get it done. And then I can move on to evaluating, okay, which of these things aren't urgent, but they are important. And which of these things are not urgent and they're not important. Therefore, I shouldn't be doing them at all. So suffice it to say that I could could spend a lot of time talking about like how I figure out which of these things are relevant in my list. But when you have all of these tasks in front of you, being able to evaluate which things come first, I think is really, really helpful because if you don't have a process for that, then you just have a big list of to do's and that's not very helpful. So this Eisenhower method, I think is great for deciphering where you should start. And if there's anything you can get off your list, you can go ahead and, and cross those things out too. What is like, do you have any advice for, for people who want to like do this? They want to look at their to-do list and somehow try to tell the difference between what's urgent, important, not urgent, and not important. Yeah, absolutely. So with urgent, I think we can decipher our urgent tasks by, you know, that feeling that you get, like, I think of it as like the phone ringing, right? It's like the phone rings, I pick it up, but my, my text messages go off. I pick my phone up. That's like Mm. the urgent feeling. It's like happening right now. It's kind of real time. It's the email in your inbox. It's the fire in your customer service department. It's the thing that's kind of like demanding your attention right away. So that's Mm. the urgent bucket. The important bucket is not time sensitive necessarily. It's like, you know, um, completing a project that you've dreamt about doing for a long time, but there's not necessarily a deadline on it or having like a strategy meeting with your team or doing some brainstorming, something like that would be important in that it's probably going to help you advance the ball in your business, but it's not like pressing on you, demanding your time. So, so those are, that's kind of like the way that I would categorize between the two. And when something's urgent in that it's like a a fire hydrant going off and important in that it's going to make a dent in your business, those are the things to take care of first and get them out of the way so that you can move on to the things that, you know, are important that aren't going to be as demanding of your time. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, this is like, it's striking me how important it is. The, the combination of this one with the one we were just talking about before knowing your why yeah. or con- being connected to your why right. is the thing that helps you look at this list and go, no, 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 that's no. Important. And that that's the thing. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like that's a, and, and if there's anything that entrepreneurship is like, it's like that right there. 
It's having a list of things that you like, like either feel like you should do or you want to do or whatever. It's just a list of things. And it's you who has to look at the list and go like, which one first? Well, which one right now? Yeah. And the danger here of not doing this, I think this is important to touch on too, is if you don't do this exercise, you will end up just doing urgent things all the time and nothing but urgent things. And the danger with that is if you're doing urgent and and important, then that's great. But there's this other quadrant of urgent and not important. So Mm -hmm. those are like the emails coming in. We talked about this, I think on the last episode or maybe the one before that, how you could easily spend a day you know, answering email all day long. Some of those emails in there are important. A lot of them are not. So if you're not deciphering, then you might pack it in at the end of the day thinking you've done a full day's work when in reality, you've just been responding to the stimulus of urgency versus Mm. evaluating like, this feels urgent because it's happening right now, but it's actually really not important and I'm not going to do it. So yeah. it's really, you know, having, I, I guess, the guts to stand up and be like, just because this is like the phone ringing and, you know, stim- stimulus response, my response is I pick up the phone. It's taking a moment and interrupting that stimulus and saying, okay, do I actually need to do this thing or is it really not that important? Yeah, no, that's fascinating. And I think that it's just like, there's, that's why I love this, this topic of, of productivity or time management. I honestly, like the course in Fizzle on the essentials of productivity, it's almost like a spiritual thing for me because it's like you have this dream, you have this idea you want to get out into the world. You know, Elizabeth Gilbert would say like this idea kind of found you and chose you. It wants to be birthed through you. Um, as Stephen Pressfield would say, like you were sitting at the, the table doing your work and the muse came by and was like, look, there's one working. Let's let's go to that one. And 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 these you're you're birthing this idea out in the world, whether it exists right now already out there or if there's like projects that you're working on for I and mean, we're working on projects for Fizzle all the time that aren't yet born. Right. And and so there's this kind of like there's this kind I don't know, there's this kind of sacredness to 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 getting work out the door um to me that there could be at least there could be and that's the idealized world that I kind of live in but um and it, maybe that's just what I maybe that's what I have to do to find what's important on my list but maybe it's like how I actually feel like really about like no making this WordPress versus Squarespace blog that I, blog post that I'm about to do uh is like this is important because people are asking these questions and there isn't a great answer for that yet. And I want that to be done. Like, I just don't want people to have to think about that at all. Right. I want to tell you, here's the hard decision. Here's what you need to know about each and done, right? I want this to, I want it to work better than like, because why is it that everything we find online is a piece of shit? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Because we can all get away with murder. That's why we can all like, we can get traffic when we have a good headline and an image and a thing. And, uh, and it's a piece of crap. It's a piece of crap. And I, I, so part of me is like, I want to make good stuff in the world. I need these tools like the Eisenhower method to kind of go like, oh, there we go. That's, that's the important one. That's the important one. And there's something, it's like almost like you need an entrepreneur to tell you, you need someone beyond or wiser than you to go like, hey, all the things you want to do, you won't be able to do. Mm-hmm. So pick one and do that. And then when you're done with that, go to the next one. And I just like look in your heart and go like, which one do I feel like doing best right now? Or, yeah. or, or you have some sort of like strategic sort of, all right, these, the, these three need to get done. Then we can do those for the, the dependencies. Really. I like, I like that this um, framework that Steph brought up is just a series of four quadrants yeah. because it's easy to get wrapped up in trying to prioritize tasks by the most to least yeah. where everything has to be like yeah. in order. Yeah. When in reality, you don't know there, there's going to be a bucket of tasks that are clearly very important that you need to get done. And then there's going to be a bucket that's not so important. Yeah. And the reality is eventually you just end up not doing the, the not important stuff if you have that context. Yeah. But like Steph said, if you, if you don't take time to think about, is this urgent, important, not Mm -hmm. urgent, not important, then you might just spend your whole day or your whole week working on a bunch of little things that were not important because they were easy. And because you wanted the dopamine of getting a project done or a task yeah. done. Yeah. So th- that kind of, if you don't mind, that kind of yeah. leads me yeah. into my second one. And um, that is just this idea of managing your energy or managing mm. your motivation. And I think a lot of um, time management or productivity comes down to, we have to trick ourselves and play these mental games. These little frameworks, all of these that we're talking about are little mental games that we have to play with ourselves yeah. to to channel our focus 
and to ride a wave of energy that maybe we create because we got excited about something because we use one of these yeah, frameworks. Yeah. And, um, you know, recognizing that sometimes I work on projects because they're easy, because then I get the satisfaction of having completed something today, mm. as opposed to, you know, going to bed feeling like, ah, shit, I didn't get anything done. Yeah. Another one that we didn't talk about is this idea of like breaking big projects up into small ones, mm -hmm. because then at least the smaller ones you can get done within a day until yeah. you go to bed feeling which like, which is I also like something. that's like I mean we're picking we're picking our favorite from this list of ten, but that is such an essential tool. Yeah, if you don't do that, you will die. You will totally like get lost out, and you'll have months of going like I didn't get anything done, but I thought about it all the time. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, keep going. So I, I just feel like, you know, if if you look at this list of 10, we'll have covered four, I guess, today yeah. because we had some overlaps. Um, and where can people go to find the whole list? Fizzleshow.com. I'm going to put this episode right on that on that page. So okay. fizzleshow.co slash 186 will take you to the full list where each one of them is explained and written out in the whole nine yards. And there's a lot of good stuff in there. But I feel like there's this magic that can happen where a few of these somehow... Um, overlap and mm. where it, the the point of managing your energy is to recognize that there are times where you feel really energetic and and ready to take on the world and there are other times when you don't and sometimes mm -hmm. it's just a a cycle you know that you go through over a period of month or or weeks or whatever um, other times you can kind of engineer that somehow yeah and it takes you know paying attention to uh, your diet your fitness your relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not binge drinking on the weekends. Yeah, you know, there are yeah, all kinds yeah. of things that can lead to having low energy and other things that can lead to having good energy. And I feel like when you start harnessing that and riding those waves of energy and overlap that with yeah. using the brain dump method and the Eisenhower method and some of these other ones, you get all this synergy that can happen at once and yeah. then you can you can have a really solid period of productivity. Because it's almost like it's like you get the clarity of like, oh, this is like it all builds up to like this is the important thing. This is what needs to be done in order to get it accomplished. And then and then you just don't get distracted as you execute on that thing. And then it gets out because everything in you just like is like all the way in on this. Like, no, I 110% believe in this thing right now I'm doing. Right. They're, like, I'm not, I like, this is the most enjoyable thing I could be, energizing thing I could be doing. Totally. Like, do you, do you feel that, like, do you feel yourself, like, uh, like, um, like you're, you're just more energized by some projects than others or some ideas than others? Yes, although, you know, under the right circumstances, I can be really energized by really boring projects. Yeah. If I reconnect with my why and yeah. I have a clear list of what my tasks are ahead of me yeah. and I've managed my energy. You know, one of the things we deal with so much in Fizzle is we hear people going like, I lost my motivation or I, they, they, you, that's just, they don't say that, but that's what happens. Oh, I didn't have time for it or I didn't this, that. And the other. It's like you lose. The number one question we get asked is how do I manage my time and how do I stay motivated? When we did our, our surveys of like thousands of people, right. those were the top res responses right. and questions. And this question of motivation, I think, it, like I think you can kind of interchange those words, energy and motivation. Yeah, it's like I don't have the energy for this thing. Well, because it's probably not connected to some like deeper thing. Like you you don't see the connection between this and the deep yeah. reason why. Or may, you know maybe there's a maybe there's something that bums you out about it because you're afraid of the project. You're mm -hmm. afraid of what the outcomes might be. Yeah, what they might say about your what you're working on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of hidden reasons yeah. and you should dive into those. But um, when we were talking about the Eisenhower method, I was just feeling like, okay, there's four quadrants there. If you turn that into a cube and added a dimension of what's fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, then you would, what you're really trying to work on are things that are important, urgent, and fun. Yeah. At the same time. Would you say fun kind of means energizing at the same time? Energizing, yeah. 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 Something that you feel drawn to yeah. versus something you feel repelled. Because there's something from. there there that is a real like uh, that is a real thing. Yeah. When you're looking at your to-do list. And and I think to the point where it's like like um you know, I remember Leo Babauta this this debate between Leo Babauta and Tim Ferris. And Tim Ferris was like, you gotta set goals. And Leo Babauta's like, no, you just go in the moment. And so he's just going like, no, just follow the energy. Just yeah. follow the energy. Totally. Right? Just follow the energy. But then you've got to do the work of being somebody who is diligent, who knows, like, who is interested in the in the deeper things, not the cheap things. You know, follow the energy is going to lead you to drinking every day if you don't have a well-developed soul. Like, if you don't have, a, a, a like, a sense of personal development that's just, like, beyond, like, oh, we could go out and do this. All right, we could do, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, but if, in Leo's case... Um, 
he has a lot of centering principles or yeah. or, or base principles yeah. that he that aren't connected to goals necessarily, but those keep him centered totally. in terms of the life that I want to live. They're almost the goal itself, right? And then and then I know he he follows the energy and doesn't really worry about setting um a whole lot of big goals or yeah. to do lists, and he still gets a lot done. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, you know, I think that I think you know it kind of depends on what your definition of the word to do is. Yeah. You know, or yeah. Yeah. You want to say? Yeah. Um, so I, I think he kind of does have to do lists. They're just a little bit more loose. Yeah. Because there's some, there's things that we have to fight for. And, and even when you're following the energy, that energy can wane, but you know, there's some ideas that come and you're like, dude, this is it. Something magic about this, but I'm going to have to like really put myself into this thing. Yeah. You know? And it's almost like this time management is to really put, and I, what my dream is, is that everybody out there listening to the show isn't some niche site maker just looking for an opportunity right but instead is someone who's going like this is the thing that excites me and i'm terrified about it how mm -hmm. can i make it a reality right elizabeth gilbert i've been listening non-stop liz gilbert like it is just it's a little bit of an issue but she is literally the best you should not you should go listen to every interview she's ever been on because if you're if you if you do any kind of creative work because it's so centering to listen to her. But she says, don't fool yourself. You have the responsibility to support your creativity. Your creativity does not have the responsibility to support you. And there's something like about that that I'm like, whoa, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's something that we used to think in order to be a creative, you gotta be a creative. You know? You have to just follow your bliss and do the thing. Just I just wanted to do it. Oh my God. And I got successful. How weird. Oh my God. Right? But there's this other thing that's like sober for 40 years and still an alcoholic kind. I love the AA conversation or the way that they talk. It's like, my name's Bob. I'm an alcoholic. I've been so sober for 40 years. Right. I love that. My name is Chase. I'm a creative. I've been, I, 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 my name's Chase. I'm trying to create things, but I've been terrible at getting things out the door for 40 years or something like that, right? Yeah. Just to realize that this is something that you're struggling with and it's a somber, sober kind of thing to, to follow your bliss. It's not just like running around with your pants on fire. Um, I don't know. There's something in that, in, in this energy conversation that I think is really, really important and not very well developed in a in a practical sort of sense. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like we all know, we, we 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 a lot of us know about the urgent versus important. And we need to be reminded. A lot of us know reconnect with your why. A lot of us know do the brain dump. A lot of us know um, write the two things down that you want to do. Right at the end of the day, write the two things you want to do the next day. We all know like have a goal and ask yourself every day like, am I is this going to get me closer to that goal? But there's this other element of like you can be unstoppable if you can learn to manage your energy levels, like what Corbett was talking about, mm -hmm. and you have to do all this other stuff to do it, you do, because. but it's almost like the other stuff serves this. Yeah, and I think it, I think you have to do both, though. Yeah. Some, I think some people think the key to time management or productivity is just managing their energy levels. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, why don't I feel motivated today? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Whereas if you combine that with the other techniques, yeah. then that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And there really is something special there because I've been the guy that just is like, I'm not motivated. I'm not, I, I'm right. not. And, and I've, I, one of the, my tactics then is like, all right, watch a documentary, chill out, be gentle on yourself, you know, cause you're might as well take a nap because you're a big old POS right now. And, and whatever you bring, you're going to bring that point of saleness to, to everything that you do. So take a break and guess what? And, and every time it works out fine. When, by the time I come back around to the project, now I've got the energy and it's like, oh, chance, I, I actually see better what the project was, it was supposed to be or something like that. That's something, but that is inefficient. It's something that like when, you're, when, you're, when your team is relying on you, when, you're, um, when your income is relying on your creative work, you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. You know what I mean? You yeah. need a better system, a better process. Totally. Okay. Guys, that was a great conversation about making things happen. I mean, we got through everybody's points, right? We did, and there's a whole lot more on the article. There's a whole lot more on the article. So that's at fizzleshow.co slash 186. Uh, if you like this show, let us know there. Write a comment. Send us a tweet at Fizzle. Say what's up on Facebook. Give us a share. I have been Chase Wardman-Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. I've been Steph Crowder. And we'll see you there. Oh, or we'll, we'll see you on another, another time. time. So there you have it. All right. <laughs> All right. God, I'm so annoying. 
fizzleshow.co slash 186. That's where you're going to find the show notes about this conversation. And that is where the incredibly helpful article that we've written is. Okay, as one of the comments said, I was not expecting so many gems from what seems like an old dead horse topic. Read this article and take it seriously, you guys. If you're in Fizzle, take the Productivity Essentials course as well. These are the life support systems for your ideas. And your ideas, like the whole thing is like, maybe they can support you. So you've got to support your ideas. That's at fizzleshow.co slash 186. Here's an iTunes review from Julie Bam in the US of A, who says, I started listening to Fizzle Show a few months ago. I love their format. They share nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom along with lots of humor. I was inspired to write a review today since the review I heard this morning was only at three stars and referred to, quote, all the yelling, end quote. All I can say is you guys are being you and repelling the customers you don't want and attracting the ones you do. Don't change a thing. By the way, I joined Fizzle because of your podcast. Julie Bam, thank you so much. Say hi to us in Fizzle. Send me a direct message in the forum. Say, hey, I'm Julie Bam. Thanks for leaving us a review. And dear listener, you know our goal is to help you make progress on your business every single week, to help you birth something into the world that is both meaningful and sustainable for you, right? And when you leave us an iTunes review, it helps us keep putting these shows out, helps other entrepreneurs find the show. I would love to read your review out on the air. So please go into iTunes, the iTunes store, search for Fizzle, and click write a review. All right. In closing, here is a quote from the infamous Pema Chodron, who says, The most fundamental aggression to ourselves, the most fundamental harm we can do to ourselves is to remain ignorant by not having the courage and the respect to look at ourselves honestly and gently. The most fundamental harm we can do to ourselves is to remain ignorant by not having the courage and the respect. The courage and the respect to look at ourselves honestly and gently. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.